Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Heidi with my mom, Dr. Gloria, and our second guest today is Alyssa Davey, and our topic is creating memorial gardens for abandoned children. In 1999, after reading about a baby that was found in the trash, Alyssa Davey founded the Garden of Innocence, providing dignified burials for abandoned children with current sites in St. Louis, Las Vegas, and the Home Garden in San Diego. Welcome to the show, Alyssa. Well, tell us a little bit about how your first experience and and what you read and how you got into doing these memorial gardens. Um, A baby was found in the trash in 1998, actually, in Chula Vista. And it was an article in the paper. And usually you read about that, and then um, suddenly something happens and your day gets started and you're off and running, and you forget about Mm -hmm. that article you read. And that particular baby just would not let me forget. It kept coming to my mind and coming to my mind. And finally, after about a month, I called the medical examiner, and I just said, I'd just like to know whatever happened to that baby. I, you know, I just feel something. And he said, he's still here. And if nobody... Oh, my gosh. Uh, if nobody claims him, he will go into an unmarked grave at Mount Hope Cemetery. Wow. So I asked him, I go, how do you claim a baby that's not yours? And he said, show me you have a dignified place to put him. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay. So I found a dignified place to put him. I actually um, got a group together and um, a cemetery stepped to the plate and donated a space for us in San Diego, which is El Camino Memorial Park. And they gave us 105 places. And we had to pay for the opening and closings of all the graves, which came to about $16,000. Wow. And uh, it took us a while, but we were able to pay that off. And um, now we've bought more land around the garden so that Anybody entering that sidewalk will be will know that it's automatically an area set aside just for abandoned children. We have room now for about six hundred children. And oh do, you na- do you name the babies when you when you bury them? We only named the first one. Mm-hmm. The rest of the babies are named by people throughout the community and throughout the United States that um, have either don't made a donation to us or helped us by making caskets or blankets, or maybe they just need to have closure in some other. Inf- some other avenue, or they've lost a child that they never got to name, and we give them that opportunity to um, find closure by naming a baby in the Garden of Innocence. Well, what a healing experience. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of it. I thought of the wonderful thing of you doing this, mm-hmm. and but a healing experience for other people. That's amazing, isn't it, Heidi? Yeah, I love if you couldn't give your baby a name, you, you have this opportunity now to yes. do that. Yes, in fact, I just got a call two days ago from a lady that lost a baby, and it was um, uh, premature and not viable, so it was just what they consider fetal tissue. And um, she was going to name her baby Hope, and so Mm. she asked if she could name a baby in the garden Hope. And she said, when I want to think about or be with my baby, I know to go to that baby, and I'll sit in the garden with her. I Uh, love it. And are there tombstones? Um, yes. Where the babies are buried? There are. So it's, it's like a regular cemetery, right? Oh, yes. It is a full cemetery within a cemetery, and all of our, all of our headstones are donated mm-hmm. by a marker company. All of our vaults, because the caskets go into a vault underground, they are all donated. 
Every single thing we do is donated. All, all of our caskets are made by people throughout the entire United States. They're now, just how do made. they make them? Is this casket companies or do would individuals do oh, it? No, or? individuals make them. In fact, um, if you go on my website, gardenofinnocence.org, and click on um, Eagle Scout Project, I have an Eagle Scout, Stephen Packard, here in San Marcos, California, that made it his Eagle Scout Project to make us 11 caskets. Wow. And it's the most awesome pictures because it's children making caskets for children. That's wonderful. And uh, he made his 11, and they, they, he got a whole team of people together, and they, the boys uh, sanded, varnished, puttied, and they lined them. They made pillows. They made blankets, and they put in toys for every single baby. And they all wrote a poem or a letter to the baby as well. And, and are most of these babies newborn? Yes, most of the babies are newborn. They're either there's two types of children we get. We have unidentified children, which are babies that are found, you know, anywhere in the trash, in the sewer, laying alongside a road. Uh, those are unidentified. Then there's abandoned infants, which are children that are abandoned at area hospitals. They've been born, they passed away, and for whatever reason, the parents walked away and didn't claim the body. In San Diego, our county rule is once a baby is past 20 weeks in gestation, which is the beginning of the sixth month, it's the parent's responsibility to dispose of their child's remains. Mm-hmm. But we have, we, have, we have one child that was three years old that was abandoned, but uh, most of them are newborns or maybe you know, under six months. Now, uh, can parents get a hold of you that there aren't abandoned babies? Does anyone ever want to do that, bury their babies there? Uh, yes, we get people that can't afford to bury their children, and they've called, but our policy is we only take abandoned and unidentified. Uh-huh. But we do help them by donating caskets to them, um, blankets. We help find them mortuaries or cemeteries that will help assist them with a lower-cost burial, and um, we also help them if they need an urn or something to take with them. We, we have some, and we donate them back to, to people that need them. Uh-huh. But uh, we do not take any children except um, abandoned or unidentified. We do not take aborted children. Now, I was curious with the DNA now, um, are, are they saving DNA, and could a parent possibly come back and find their child and then, and then find a grave? Has that ever happened? We've had, um, we don't save DNA. Um, we have had parents, maybe one, maybe two, know that their child is in that garden but most of the time when the uh, county certifies a child abandoned, they, they put it in what they call the indigent program, which the indigent program means bury and scatter at sea uh-huh. with the indigents. And in reality, that doesn't happen. It, it, that baby is turned over to Garden of Innocence. And so we're kind of like a private guardian that takes over the care of the infant, but mostly people, when they see it, they'll think their baby has been scattered at sea. Uh-huh. But in reality, all every single baby that's abandoned in the county goes to Garden of Innocence. And, and do you have um, services as you're burying them? We have a full memorial service. Wow. The Knights of Columbus from the Catholic Church have come to every single service, and they they give the child a full color guard with dignity. The last last service we had, we had 100 knights there, and um, it was very amazing to have that many knights in the garden. We're not a Catholic organization. We are totally non-denominational because we're nonprofit. So any clergy, any faith can officiate at the service. We have a full memorial service with usually two songs and officiant and then a poem written for every child that's read in the garden that was written by somebody 
throughout the United States. I get poems from as far away as Canada and England wow. for the garden. That's a wonderful idea. So what if our audience out there wants to participate? Um, they've lost a child or a loved one, and they want to write a poem or participate. How would they do it? All they have to do is uh, write us and send, them, send us a poem. The only thing we ask is that you concentrate on what's happening today. Don't mention what happened yesterday. Don't mention abandonment. Don't man- mention what an awful mom, what awful parent. Mm-hmm. Don't mention anything because today's a new day. That baby's going home. And that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have any, anybody can write a poem. We have a director that's in charge of poems. In fact, I'm working right now today on talking with um, the uh, indigent burial person in charge of San Francisco to see if we can start a garden there. Oh, my gosh, how wonderful, in my own hometown. Yes. <laughs> where, I like where, the idea, I've, too, of not mentioning if it's an, an awful mom, et cetera. We don't know the circumstances, and, and this is so near and dear to my heart because my own daughter was abandoned on the steps of a homeless shelter, and I've adopted her, and uh, we don't know the situation oftentimes. So I like that idea of today is a new day. Today is a new day, and we treat every baby as if it was our own. Um, we don't dress them because usually they've been gone from 30 days to two, three years. We don't know, so we feel they've been disturbed enough. They get wrapped in, 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 a, in a new receiving blanket and then into a handmade blanket. We give them a toy. We always tell them what their name is. Um, people believe when you're dead, you're dead, but we've learned that these babies know what we're doing. And it's quite, it's quite an interesting um, time to spend with them. Yeah, I was going to say, so you see the babies. Um, we physically go to the hospitals or to the morgue and pick the babies up ourselves, wow. wrap them up, and take them to a mortuary that do- is donating their time because we need to have storage until the day of the service. Mm-hmm. So the mortuaries all donate their time, and they get us the death certificate and the burial permit. And uh, then if they want to bring the baby out to the service and they have the time, then they do. But if they're busy with paying people, we, we tell them, don't worry, we'll come pick them up and take them to the service ourselves. So that, because they've already, you know, blessed us with the gift of storing the baby and getting those two certificates for us. And that's really the only charge that the, that the mortuaries have is to pay for the death certificate and the burial permit. How we, many babies are abandoned in the United States every year? Do you know? Oh, you know, I have no idea. Um, we have over 101 babies buried in Garden of Innocence, San Diego, in 10 years. Uh-huh. And um, I would assume there are, many, there are not quite so many unidentified children as there are abandoned. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I have no, really no way to guess. I would say maybe it could be, you know, over right around maybe 200 a year. Uh-huh. Um, maybe, but sometimes we've had our our county medical examiner said there could be fifty six just in San Diego County a year. Right. But wow. um, I mean, there could be a thousand a year. I have no idea. Well, Alyssa, uh, this is an amazing thing you're doing uh, these memorial gardens for abandoned children, and um, you have how many now? How many gardens? Uh huh. Um, right now we have the the one in in um, San Diego. And Dr. Nietzsche, Carol, and I are working on one in Las Vegas right now, one in Montreal, Canada, so we've gone international. We're also working on one in Houston. We haven't got any of the other ones completed yet, but we're very close with Las Vegas, and this is what we're working on today. That's great. Well, Dr. Carol is on the phone right now. So, uh, Dr. Nietzsche, Carol, are you there? I am here. Good. Welcome to the show, Healing the Grieving Heart. It's amazing what you and Alyssa are doing together. It's uh 
Very touching, isn't it, Hyde? Absolutely. It's absolutely wonderful. So tell us about you're doing a Las Vegas one. Dr. Carol, are you in San Diego? I am in San Diego, yes. But you Mm -hmm. guys are working on a Las Vegas uh, garden. How do you do that? Yes. Are there some people you get in touch with there? Well, our goal is to make sure, if possible, to have a garden in every state. Actually, we actually just recently went international. And what we do is we go there and we meet people there and we talk to the medical examiners and the hospital and we deal with the social services there. And we just want to let them know exactly what we're doing and how we could uh, be a benefit to their state by providing burials for the abandoned and unidentified babies that are uh, declared in their their state. Um, And what we do is we find individuals who are interested in what we're doing and we teach them how to run a garden such as the ones that we run here and in, in different places so that they can be self-sufficient. And we also show them how to fundraise and just to keep the whole thing going. Now, are you Wonderful. a medical doctor or a, what kind of a doctor? No, I'm a pastor, a religious oh, arts and pastor. biblical studies. Oh, you're a pastor. Oh, wonderful. Yes, yes. Um, I'm thinking, uh, Alyssa and um, Nita, that there are people out in our audience who might like to do this. Because, uh, you well, know, we, we have, you know, might want to work with you on to this. Come out Would that be, be possible? Part? Is it possible Ma'am? for people to get in touch? Do you want to take that? Yes. Data? Yes. We, we encourage people to come out in every state, everywhere, even if they just spend time, you know, lining the caskets or maybe they want to be in charge of bringing flowers or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe we invite everyone to come out and, and to be a part of what we're doing. That's great. Alyssa, how would they get in touch with you then if they wanted to do that? Um, they can uh, email us. Actually, they can go on our website, which is gardenofinnocence.org, and all of our contact information is there. If they're living in a different state, we need people in those states to help us lay the groundwork because Nitri and I cannot travel everywhere. We're trying desperately to raise funds so that we can travel. Um, our main goal right now is getting donations so that we can leave our state and move to the next ones. And um, if they log on to their site and they're in any state in the United States, let us know. We'd like to help ha- give you the information so that you can help us lay the groundwork in finding out, first, number one, is there a need in your area? There might not be. You'll be one of the lucky ones. And if there is, then we want a garden in that state, even if it's for one infant. It's, mm-hmm. It'll be a memorial garden for that infant and all the other abandoned children that have left before. Now, I was curious, do either of you have a, an experience with a death of a child, or, mm-hmm. um, or is just this has kind of just come to you as a calling? It's just come to the calling for me. Same. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how things come to us. How did this come to you, Dr. Carroll? Well, I started, <laughs> it's ironic, I started out honoring young people who had lost their lives unnecessarily in the city of San Diego, and I was encouraging the community to speak out about what they knew on youth on youth crime so that we can get them off the streets and maybe into rehab and so forth. And I would give an event every year. And one particular year, I invited Elisa out and because she, she dealt with the babies and I dealt with the young people. And from that meeting, we kind of branched off from there and has continued our work since then. Uh, that's a, a wonderful story. It sounds like you two have a yeah. great working relationship, too. We do. Yes, yes. I, I think when God put us together, he just broke the mold. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I know that you've said that you've seen a lot of these babies and, hel- and held them, I assume, and I was wondering, is there any baby that has really touched your heart? 
Well, just recently, just last weekend, we buried a baby that was born February 13th, and her name was Kate. And Kate kind of stuck in my my heart because I have two kids of my own, and one was born on that exact same date, which was February 13th. And on the day of going to prepare her for her her burial, um, there was some paperwork that I needed to fill out, and on that paperwork was dated February 13th. So Kate sticks out to me. I don't know about Lisa. What about you, Lisa? Um, mine is probably um, Michaela. Uh, Michaela was left uh, lying in the mountains off a road up in uh, on the Sunrise Highway, and it appeared that she had been taken there from the hospital because she still had a band from the hospital on her thigh, wow. and um, she had laid up there on the road, off the road in the forest for two summers and two winters, wow. and until she was found by a jogger, and during that time. Not one animal disturbed her. Not one insect disturbed her. She was just waiting for us to come get her. Wow. Well, That's I'm I'm just thinking, could you talk about the hopeful aspects of having this kind of a garden? One of you mm-hmm. want to take that and the healing aspects? I think Alyssa talked a little bit about it. So why don't you take that, Dr. Carroll, how you see it from a religious perspective? Well, you know, a lot of people that come out to our gardens have actually lost someone that had been very dear to them, and many times they don't have the outlet that they need. Um, you know, sometimes that extra boost to to let go or to make that final step of letting go, and sometimes coming out to the garden just gives them that opportunity to um, express themselves in a way of just showing love and support for a child that didn't have a parent or no one to care for them enough to even bury them. And so for us, it's like a, a, a day of relief, a releasement, and also um, uh, being able to just just let out that final, ah, I'm done, and, and feel good about it. And they might even want to go to the, cer- the burial ceremony with the wonderful mm-hmm. organization. You put They have music and... Oh, you wouldn't believe we have you know, the Doves and the Knights of Columbus who have been just so awesome year after year. They're there at every service. And then the people that come out, no one knows each other. No one knows the child, but they they show out in numbers just to come for a a little little bitty baby that everyone had forgotten about. And that in itself is just a miraculous thing. If there's no words to describe it, and the feeling that's there, it's not sad and all drawn out, but it's 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 uh, it's releasing, it's comfortable, and it it gives you a self worth with a feeling within yourself. Well, uh, Heidi had a special uh, poem that she liked for Rosie, right, Heidi? Yes. And um, all the poems are on your website, they're, they're, or some of them are on, and I guess you named one of the little girls Rosie, and there's a rosebud, yeah. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it if it's okay. Um, it's called Rosie, as my mom said, and it says, Little girl with rosebud lips, you smile in heaven's sun. Around your head a halo wisps, you are our special one. Though our arms will never hold you, we send love beyond the sea. Our questions not yet answered, life on earth was not to be. Comfort comes on angel wings. We know that you don't cry, for in the arms of Jesus, you hear heaven's lullaby. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. just wonderful poetry. And I would suggest everyone that they go on your website and take a look at it. It's really wonderful. And 
and look at the poems and the pictures, and it's really wonderful. And the work you are doing is just great. And thank you both very much for being on our show today. Welcome. Thank you for inviting. Uh, thank you us. for giving us the opportunity. And I and I am aware that the show deals with uh, bereaving people, and I just want to encourage those who are sitting out, holding on um, to past loved ones, and to recognize and know that God never makes a mistake, and that He always has our best interests at heart. And during those times where they feel like they're standing alone, trust and know that they're not standing by themselves. There's others out there like us, who are just willing to reach out our arms and to be their support system. All they have to do is stand up and be ready to and willing to deal with others who've been through the same thing and just know that the weeping may endure for a night, but the joy will come in the morning. Uh, thank you very I much for that. being on the show. You're very, thank, thank you. you. You're so very much. welcome. It's time to close our show now, and I want to thank our guest, Elisa Davey. And please stay tuned again next week when our topic will be How Friends Help After Death. And our guest will be Barbara Francis, author of Unexpected Turns, Learning, Leaning into Losses of Life. And in the second segment, Betsy Batello-Arella, author of Isabella's Dream, a story and activity book for a child's grief journey. Uh, Heidi, I just wanted to say before we completely close the show that it's been great having... Um, these people on the show today, Elisa Davy and Tammy Stoner, it was very interesting hearing about the teddy bear technique and uh, also about the gardens. It's been kind of amazing, hasn't it? Absolutely. They're both wonderful healing things. And it just shows how great it is to reach out uh, in your community and, and the things that you can do after you've suffered a loss. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.